You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate, and we are going to discuss the Buffalo Bills Monday night football victory over the 49ers 34-24 in State Farm Stadium to go 9-3 and on the season. And uh, so we're going to go over a bunch of things today. Today's win is not only significant because they are now the Bills are now the third seed within the AFC in the playoff picture, or because it's their first Monday night football win since 1999, but also because it took place in Arizona where that... Uh, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins play happened just a few weeks ago. So we've exercised the demons. We are back in it. We are looking good wait, in the playoff. Wait, wait, wait. What have we done to the demons? <laughs> we've exercised them? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Why would you exercised? think I said? I thought you said exercised. That is like what I said. Treadmill? That is what I said. Is it excised? It's exercised. Like you're, like the priest goes in and, and like Rosemary's baby to... Send out the, you put, you say some prayers and then the demon goes away. It's not like the demon is running on a treadmill. <laughs> you could tell by the way I pronounced my errs or ors that it was, yeah, I definitely did say exercised like the, like the, <laughs> like the like, demon, the demon was doing some burpees, <laughs> some squat thrusts, <laughs> or maybe I was doing them to get the, the demons out. Though it's, oh yeah. So it's exorcised. So we, they, we exorcised. <laughs> the demons and yeah so we're going to go over our thoughts of the game some stats of the game our plays of the game and as always our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on twitter and we're also going to do a uh, weekly our weekly podcast giveaway but first i'm joined by my co-host mike for today's episode and mike um you know this was going to be an interesting game when you looked at the 49ers game at the beginning of the season they were the you know, ex Super Bowl contenders from last season, from 2019, they were close to winning that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so you look, saw this game in the schedule, you're like, ah, maybe a win, but maybe a loss. And then they went through so many injuries. They can't play in their own stadium because of the restrictions put on them by Santa Clara County. 
and you're wondering how this is going to affect the team and how the Bills are going to do in primetime because the Bills historically, um, not just under Sean McDermott, but just in general, haven't done really well on primetime. Mind, mind you, they haven't got a lot of primetime games the last 20 years, so they haven't had a lot of chances to prove themselves, but um, they weren't given them for a reason because they weren't good for a while. So uh, today, Josh Allen looked unbelievable. Um, as as Sure, he had a few gaffes, of course, but I mean, he was surgical at times, especially when running outside of the pocket, finding guys open, getting yards after catch from his receivers. Um, and this is all without John Brown, who's on IR right now. And, um, you know, this 49ers defense, it isn't a bad defense, even though they are missing Nick Bosa and D Ford. Um, I thought that Josh Allen had a great game. The offense showed up today and the defense actually had a pretty decent game. It was 34-24. I don't think it was even that close. They were playing prevent defense a lot in that fourth quarter. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited as a Bills fan. I, there are some, some games where you're just like, well, you know, maybe they should have played a little bit better. They should have won a little bit by a little bit more, but I was completely happy with today's win. I, I'm excited that the Bills are nine and three and, you know, they're, they're keeping that lead against the Dolphins in the division, third seed in the AFC. And, uh, and I don't know if there's much more you, you can, uh, you can be happy about. What about you? <laughs> I, at first, I was going to say I'm surprised that you're surprised, but then you started to talk about like it's the beginning of the year, yeah. And at that point, there were question marks. If you had Garoppolo and uh, maybe pre-COVID, you look at this game and you're not really sure what's going to happen. But then going into tonight, I think we both felt confident. Um, what was, was shocking to me is that the 49ers, the the Bills were the underdogs, like two point underdogs, and it's just they're not getting the national recognition that they deserve and listening to other games around the nfl this weekend you did hear you know at the end when they go to the oh here's the playoff picture graphic and they always spoke very positively about the bills and how they're surging so it was cool to be watching completely independent nfc games and like the bills were getting love there but not finding any love in vegas so and i i'm kind of disappointed in you (laughs) before the game like what like neat what's I'm not a big gambler. You know me. Let's cash in your 401k. Pay the 10% penalty. Let's make some money. Christmas is coming. Like, <laughs> so the announcers seemingly appreciate the bills, but nobody else. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? It, it, it's and crazy for that kind of point spread. Well, we talked last week, so we always talk the point spread at the end of, for next week's game, at the end of our game that we just went through. Um, and... Last week, you know, we always guess it. We talk it out loud. We kind of go through it real quick. And I was like, oh, I see the Bills as three-point favorites. And that's exactly what they were at that time. And then it quickly changed. <laughs> and, and Vegas always does that. For people that don't know how this works, and, you know, we're no gambling experts. You know, we figured this out, I think, last season. <laughs> but Vegas, and their initial line that they set is what they think is actually going to happen. And... It will shift in the week. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But depending on how the money comes in, it'll shift towards what the opposite of that is. So if people are hammering the bills, then that line's going to move to like the bills being favored by four or five points or whatever, or whatever the case is. So in this scenario, the the 49ers, people were hammering that line. So it started to shift. It shifted so much that it. I I don't know the last time I've seen a five-point shift in the odds, usually it's like a point or point and a half, maybe two, maybe three if it's crazy. But to do, I, 
I, and you could see something like if if a key player on the Bills goes down, right? Like Josh Allen or half the, if the offensive line all gets COVID and is out, like maybe something like that. But it's inexplicable, right? I've seen starting wide receivers. <laughs> I've seen Julio Jones go out and the line changes like a half point. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, besides a quarterback going but down. Nothing was going right for the 49ers. So very crazy to see. And, of course, it's high in sight. 2020 but i do blame you for it not being a better christmas for, for that was that was our game man <laughs> oh i know I, I was thinking the same thing but you know i wasn't thinking about my 401k at the time and that would have been the smart thing to do was to have bet all of it on that somehow you've got time to make it up <laughs> <laughs> if, if it did if if it doesn't end up working out i have to explain <laughs> to my wife and children why why daddy's got to work till he's 98, you know, and so Zach Moss happens to fumble <laughs> basically in the end zone. <laughs> if you've ever seen like, you know, Bills fans get ex- get excited about a game, like it's always more exciting if you have money on it. It's always more exciting if you put your in- if you put your entire retirement on the game, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a sure bet. There are very few times that we look at the odds and I'm just like, you know, it almost was the, the line shifted so much. I'm almost like, is there something I'm not seeing? Because the bills are fully healthy right now. They're like the most healthy they've, they've been all season. And, and I was like, is there something that I, the, the 49ers are five and six. Is Nick Bosa coming in? No, he's got a torn ACL. Is Jimmy G coming back? No, he's still on IR. Okay. Okay. What's going on? It's just like, nope, nope. It was exactly what I thought it was. And it just. It's yeah, very odd. Yeah, so to start the game, what did you think about first? It, it was Singletary, Beasley, it was Moss. Like and that wasn't the first quarter; that was the first drive. Yeah. They were dropping like flies. I was gonna say, speaking of injuries, like yeah, we're oh we're the healthiest we've ever been. Oh well, how about on the first drive in the first five minutes, we lose you know three major players in our offense, <laughs> and TJ Yeldon was inactive today. So oh, yeah. <laughs> Zach Moss and Devin Singletary go down. You have Taiwan Jones taking all the handoffs and running back. That's not ideal. So yeah, it is it was it was a crazy and luckily all those players came back. Um maybe unfortunately for Zach Moss because he fumbled in the end zone <laughs> on that uh, amazing fourth down stop by the Bills defense in the first quarter. Bills get the ball back on their own one yard line and, and Zach Moss doesn't even get the handoff. It wasn't even like the 49ers forced the fumble. He just didn't take the handoff and he just flipped it in the air. And then the uh the 49ers scored right after. And I'm just like, oh well, you know, I, I the whole time going into this game, I'm like, if the Bills can just play normal football, I think they're the more talented team and I think that they're gonna win this game. Now, how does that shift? Well, if they turn the ball over a ton of times and a lot more than the 49ers do, then the Bills could potentially lose this game. So when that happened, I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, this is only, you know, the first quarter. How's the rest of the game going to end up? But, you know, luckily um, the Bills got up, so they forced Nick Mullins to throw throw a lot more. And, uh, you know, I don't hate Nick Mullins as a backup quarterback. I think he's pretty darn good for for being a backup. I mean, I would hope that the Bills... I mean, I know Jimmy G is better, um, but and that and that offense run by Kyle Shanahan probably has a lot to do with it. But I thought he was pretty decent as a backup. I mean, if the Bills weren't aren't as good as they are, if they're not a nine and three team like they are, I guess I mean they won last week against the Rams. The Rams are no pushover, as the Bills saw when they when they played them. I mean, the Rams are a good team, so um, I thought Mullins had a good game for his part. But but Josh Allen, you know, distributing the ball around to Diggs. 
Uh, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley had an amazing day today. Um, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis had a great game. I mean, Dawson Knox got involved today. I mean, what's that like? (laughs) You know, he was, uh, he had a good game. I mean, that there was just, everything was going well for Josh. He was, he was, like I said, he was, he was finding room in and out of the pocket. He was, you know, throwing the ball with, you know, surgical precision at some points. It was a fun game. It was a fun game to watch. And as you mentioned, Mike, this wasn't a game where you thought that they were going to lose at any point necessarily. It was getting a little too close for, for comfort at some point, but um, I thought the Bills did great really on all sides of the ball to, to stop, um, to do well on, offensively obviously and score 34 points but then to also you know hold a hold a Kyle Shanahan team to 24 points really you know and you know some of that was garbage time um but yeah yeah so let's go into our stats of the game for today's victory stats of the game they've done studies you know 60% of the time it works Every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Josh Allen, the man of the hour, showing up in primetime Monday Night Football, 32 for 40, which gives him a completion percentage of... 80% 80% exactly, 80% completion percentage, 375 yards. He had over 300 yards in the third quarter, and he had four touchdowns on the day, zero interceptions. He did have two fumbles, though. One was a fumble for a loss, um, which could have potentially really hurt them. Um, there was that one interception that he threw um, in the first quarter, I believe it was. Oh, it was in the second quarter. It started the second quarter. Josh Allen throws an interception to um, Fred Warner, the linebacker, and then it was called back by uh, Richard Sherman, illegal hands penalty. So that was a huge play that went the Bills' way. So he did not have an interception. He did have two fumbles. One one was lost. But Josh Allen having a really, really, it was, it's a, this is a fun team to watch. I mean, unlike last week where Josh Allen didn't have a great game, he threw for like 150 yards, but the Bills' run offense really, just carried them in that game. Josh Allen was back to his old ways. You know, this is this is how this team, if they make a deep run into the playoffs and they win and potentially make a Super Bowl run, I mean, it's going to be Josh Allen playing as well as he does and the defense playing stout, maybe not top five defense, but doing as well as they did tonight to limit uh, the 49ers offense. That reminds me of the start of the second quarter when Allen was rolling to his right and Diggs got dragged down. You remember that yep. Allen was like calling out the penalty <laughs> while it was like, that was pretty cool. Like it always so irritating. Like anytime a receiver doesn't make a catch, they get up, like holding their hand in the air. Like they want a flag. Uh, so irritating after the play is over. But like, if you, if you have the talent to be like running the play <laughs> and calling the penalties in real time, like that, that was pretty impressive. I don't know if I've seen that before. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that anymore. And then not only that, he threw a pass for that was a, a completion to I believe it was Cole Beasley for like a, a first down or, or something in the uh, yeah that was pretty impressive. We were talking last week, Mike. One of your favorite plays was when uh, when Josh Allen knows it's going to be a free play because it's an offsides penalty and he chucks it up there. He did that again tonight, although it wasn't caught. 
um, he chucked it up there this time, and uh, and for the same reason. And that calling the penalty is it's basically he's basically calling the penalty so he can get a free play <laughs> in the middle of the play. Like, hey, hey. The only thing he didn't do was like call over to the ref and point to him. Like, hey, <laughs> have a have a quick sideline conversation with the ref during the play is the only thing he didn't do. So, <laughs> yeah, Devin. Sig- that was, I mean, super impressive, obviously, but the next play was the, a touchdown to Beasley. So that was, it was a crucial part of the game. And then they had the touchdown celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kind of touchdown celebration was that, Mike? Were you a fan of that? <laughs> what were your thoughts on that? <laughs> explain, ex- first, explain to the what, listeners what happened first and then, then give your thoughts. We caught the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Just barely, just barely got in. Just barely got in, and then an offensive lineman picked him up and proceeded to rock him back and forth, <laughs> as one might a, a babe in arms. <laughs> John Feliciano, I think, was the one that picked him up. And him. Like, did did they plan that? Like, did was Beasley? I guess he was okay with it. But then it was like, is he? Part of me thought like he was getting baptized or something, like because. He'd lower his head down and gently, and all the players came by and like touch. I mean, probably not, but <laughs> maybe they just came by to see the baby. <laughs> you gotta see the baby. When are you gonna see the baby? <laughs> What's what funny? was your take on it? I I thought it was. It's like I want to love every celebration that the Bills do. I'm like, this is. It was interesting. It was kind of funny. It was funny, but it was like funny in like kind of an awkward way too. Because this is a grown man. This isn't like a like a. Oh, 10 year old. He's fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it was, I did see a funny stat where it's like he has the most touchdowns for any, any player that's five foot eight or shorter, which is an interesting stat. Most receiving touchdowns now after today. Um, but yeah, that is, I mean, you're talking about a, a lineman who's probably six, three, six, four. He's five foot eight and he's uh, probably a hundred, 130 pounds less. He's cr- rocking him to sleep every all the players came over not to baptize him they just wanted to see the baby <laughs> they're like is he really going to do this is he really going through with the, <laughs> this touchdown celebration um yeah. they really should do more things like that though yeah it was creative i did like it i'm so glad the nfl is uh has uh gotten the loosened same, up a little loosened bit. up a little bit yeah and, and allowed some fun um on the sidelines so Devin Singletary was leading rusher for the Bills, 18 carries for 61 yards. Josh Allen was the second leading rusher, six carries for 11 yards. Zach Moss had three carries for nine yards. I don't believe he saw another touch after that fumble. So Sean McDermott pulling a a Bill Belichick and uh, not giving the ball back to Zach Moss. Devin Singletary, only 3.4 yards per carry. It looked like he had a better game than that, but um, just wasn't there on the stat sheet. Excuse me. Cole Beasley, the leading receiver, third and Cole, Cole Beasley, nine receptions on 11 targets, 130 yards, and one touchdown. Really? <laughs> I, was, was one of them on third down at I, the very end? One was on third down, yes. <laughs> you see, you ever you ever try to but find- But every time you see him is like the, the flowing locks. It should be Coldy locks. Like if, that's the defining characteristic, and it's with him- Every play. I do like the Coldy Locks one. I'm not going to lie. And there were some people, just so you know, Mike, I know you're not on Twitter, but in my replies, they were saying they're Cold Beastly, which I believe was one that you said, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Someone sent us, uh, someone copied uh, our Twitter account. If you're not following us, 
by the way, please do at CTW pod, like circling the wagons pod. And someone like tagged us in a, in a, in a petition, a change.org petition to give Cole Beasley another name, another nickname, which I won't say on the podcast because I don't want it to get super popular and more popular than third and Cole or Coldy locks. And, uh, it was like, Oh, it should be this nickname. And I'm like, guy, have you seen my Twitter t- feed? All I do is retweet people that say third and Cole. <laughs> like that's, do you, do you want me to popularize your nickname <laughs> over my, your crappy nickname over my crappy nickname for Cole Beasley? I feel like I don't love teasers. So I think you have to say what it is. Are you going to say that it's better than ours? You can't say it's better than ours, right? I've, I'm only going to say it unless you think it's, it wasn't that good. I'll, I will say that. So I'm not too worried about it. I'm a little worried that the listeners are going to be like, we need to go with this new nickname instead of the one I just came up with a few weeks ago. But okay. I feel like I can recognize bias and filter it out. Can you though? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> it was something to the effect of, now I can't find it, of course. It's that easy, like the button, like the it's, it is easy button or the, the Circuit City one or whatever, or the Office Max one, you know what I mean? The button is that horror movie we watched where a creepy old man shows up at your door with a box and he makes you a, a promise that if you push the button, you'll receive a million dollars, but someone you don't know will die. Okay, here it is. All right, I got the <laughs> – I shouldn't have said that. I got the uh, the nickname. Here it is, change.org. Cole, make Cole Beasley's nickname Staples. That's what it is. Cole Beasley makes everything easy. Why not make his nickname Staples as in as in the button – that was easy. Let's make this happen, Bill's Mafia. He's already got two signatures, so that's not too bad. Is Staples still in business? <laughs> does, does Staples exist? Um, it exists as it's much a, as... It's still an ongoing concern? <laughs> is it? Does it exist? Does Circuit City exist? Is Radio Shack a thing? <laughs> it might have gone that way. I had, to, I had to explain to my wife what Caldor was. Do you remember what Caldor was back in the day? A battle cry of He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was a department I have store. No idea. It was a department store like Leechmere and like Ames and all those places. What? What are these? You things? never heard of any of those places? Walworth. Um I've heard of Walworth. Okay. There you go. That's a one. Okay. It's like the same thing, just different brand. They all went out of business. They all did terrible. <laughs> uh anything that wasn't attached to a mall apparently doesn't do as well. So <laughs> uh, where did I leave off? Uh Cole Beasley. So so you never told me. So you don't like staples then? Staples no, for Kobe? Okay. Terrible. Okay, that's obvious. All right. All right, cool. So <laughs> Stefan Diggs, 10 receptions on 11 targets for 92 yards. Another monster game. I think he's almost at 1,000 yards. So I believe he had 900 yards going into this game, so I believe he's almost at 1,000 yards. Gabriel Davis, three receptions on four targets for 68 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah McKenzie, two receptions on two targets, 31 yards, and one touchdown. There was an awesome rainbow pass. From Josh Allen as Isaiah McKenzie was coming out of the backfield. Uh, Dawson Knox had four receptions on four targets. Four receptions on four targets. Not only did he have 27 yards and a touchdown, but I think the four receptions on four targets is the most impressive stat line by Dawson Knox. And uh, one of our followers on Twitter wrote, the Josh Allen Stan wrote, um, he said... Dawson Knox makes hard plays look easy and easy plays look hard, which is some such a simple tweet, but it just like went off really, really well. Got a lot of retweets. It was really funny. It's probably the tweet of the game actually for us. But uh, as far as the Bills defensively, so Micah Hyde and Travis White with the interceptions on defense, no sacks today. 
by the Bills' defense, although they did continue to get pressure on Nick Mullins. Um, speaking of Nick Mullins, on the 49ers' side of the ball, he was 26 for 39, 316 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. You knew the game plan was if the Bills could get up by enough, by more than you know a score, get up by two scores preferably, then they could force Nick Mullins to throw the ball more, and by then they, they would eliminate most of the 49ers' run game, which is huge because the, the 49ers have you know three to four very good running backs, and Kyle Shanahan is very good at running the ball. So uh, if you look at that side of the ball, um, leading rusher for the 49ers was Jeff Wilson, seven carries for 47 yards, 6.7 yards per carry. Jeez, Raheem Mostert, the leading rusher, nine carries for 42 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. And then you also had uh, (laughs) Tevin Coleman was the least leading rusher with two carries for minus 11 yards with minus five and a half yards per carry. And that all had to do with the really great uh, tackle by Daryl Johnson to start the second half. He had a nine-yard loss. He just blew up the backfield. I think it was Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver, that was covering Daryl Johnson. But luckily, he took advantage of it, blew up that play, and tackled Tevin Coleman for a nine-yard loss, which was uh, which was great because it set up the uh, the field goal instead of them continuing that drive. Leading receiver for the 49ers was Brandon Ayuk, five receptions on nine targets for 95 yards and one touchdown. The rookie wide receiver um, had a great game. He both both leading receivers, Debo Samuel, six receptions on nine targets for 73 yards. Second year wide receiver. I mean, the, the 49ers have some good wide receivers, good young wide receivers on the team. And one forced fumble by Deion Jordan on that one, and then the recovery was by Fred Warner, who was all over the field today. And uh, he he looked like he had a really good game. So we oh I also have some other really cool stats from today's game. Josh Allen's third game this season with 375 plus passing yards and three plus passing touchdowns and 130 plus passer rating. He joins Drew Brees in 2013 as the only players since at least 1950 with three such games in a season. That's good company to have. Um, the Elias Sports. Bureau wrote in, they said, um, Josh Allen, 32 for 40, is the first passer in Buffalo Bills history to attempt 40 or more passes in a game and complete at least 80% of them. The only other player with a performance of that kind on Monday Night Football was Matt Ryan, who was 36 for 45 in a 2013 loss to the New York Jets. Tredavious White recorded his third interception of the season. Um, we, We mentioned that earlier. He had that great interception in the fourth quarter in the end of the fourth quarter to stop a touchdown drive i believe it was on third and goal josh allen has 26 passing touchdowns on the season tying joe ferguson for the second most passing touchdowns by a bill in a single season so a great game by the buffalo bills all the way all the way around so we are going to take a quick commercial break when we go back we'll go into our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers so stick around all right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for listening and joining us. I'm with my co-host, Mike, for this recap. Uh, we're going to go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago. And Mike... Who would, what would you say is your sweet sassy molassy play 
of the game in today's victory. Yeah, Nate, for me, it was Micah Hyde's interception in the third quarter. At that point, the Bills were up 24-10. Hyde makes the interception at the Niners' 38-yard line and brings it back all the way to the five. The Bills, everybody remembers that drive where they just kept getting backed up, but they ultimately kicked up kicked a field goal, put them up 27-10, and they didn't look back. Yeah, that was a key that was a key interception at a key time. Yeah, kind of. It was basically kind of what put the game away after that, stopping that drive. And uh, yeah, we almost. He, Micah Hyde did a great. He returned it from the thirty-eight yard line to the five yard line. He had a great return on that. We almost saw our first taint of the season. So <laughs> it's been a while. We haven't seen a taint since like twenty eighteen. So <laughs> it's a shame. It's quite a drought. It's quite a drought. It's a shame, really. If you're if we're gonna, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> Five yards away from a taint. So um, I'm going to go with a play that probably no one's thinking of when they think of this game. Um, And it's because it was overshadowed by the play that happened right after. And I mean, really, you could choose any of, you know, Josh Allen's four touchdown passes because they were all amazing. I mean, he did a great job today throwing the ball. Um, But the one that uh, the thing that just stuck, stuck out to me was, you know, when the Bills stuffed the 49ers in the first quarter on the, on the second drive of the game for the the first drive for the 49ers and the second drive of the game, the bills had just gotten stopped on, on fourth and goal on the, on, you know, them trying to score a touchdown. They turned the ball over on downs. The 49ers drove the ball down the field on their side. They got down to the bills one yard line and they get stuffed by Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds, who's had a really rough season so far this season. And he's, he's been coming on of as of late and he stopped, you know, that, that, that touchdown, run and um it was such a great uh stop that it, it it's really overshadowed by the fact that the very next play Zach Moss just coughs up the ball <laughs> on uh for the first uh first first and ten at the one yard line and um but to me that was that was a great play that stuck out to me and you know I'm gonna give an honorable mention to Gabriel Davis touchdown pass. That was against Richard Sherman, right? I, I think I don't think anyone was he was wide open in the end zone and it put the bills up 34 17. And that was the last touchdown to, to really just, I mean, it sealed, it sealed the game. There was no way that the, the 49ers were going to come back after that. So yeah, that was the one where he was wide open on that touchdown pass. So you want to talk, uh, Gettysburg play of the game. Four score and seven years ago. I'm going to say the the Gettysburg play of the game, which is kind of a weird play because it was it was actually like a non-play, if you think about it, was in the second quarter. It was a tie game. It was 7-7. Um, Josh Allen was driving the Bills down the field, and he throws an interception to Fred Warner. And you're like, oh, crap. The 49ers are going to drive down the field and score again. And then it was called back by a Richard Sherman illegal hands penalty. And the Bills got a first down out of it. <laughs> and I was just like, the Bills ended up scoring on that drive. Devin Singletary runs for a first down on fourth and one with a sweep around the left side, which was amazing. The fact that they got that on fourth and one. The Bills were very aggressive tonight. And that was really great to see. And then Dawson Knox had that leaping, you know, jumping in the air touchdown that four yard touchdown to to put the bills up 14 to seven and to me that was pretty much that was one of the plays that that appeared to me like the turning point of the game it was the play that wasn't a play 
the mistake that didn't end up becoming a mistake. What about you, Mike? Do you have a uh, a Gettysburg play of the game? For me, and perhaps not because of the particular difficulty or the skill involved, but the fact when the Bills went up um, on Dawson Knox's four-yard touchdown pass from Allen with 2.41 to go in the second quarter, um, it just felt like, okay, now we're rolling. Mm-hmm. And then the Bills was going to make it 17-7 um, and just didn't relinquish the lead from that second uh, touchdown. So to me, that was kind of – it was a great defensive stop on on the Niners' first drive, right? Like you said, the goal line stand, Tremaine Edmonds. You know, like, this is great. But then with that fumble on the very next play, it just how are they going to respond here? And for them to, to come out and get a touchdown, I thought was huge. Yeah, and that and that not only put them up, but they never looked back. That was that was the touchdown drive that put them up. So there was a lot of plays, you know, going into that that they really led up to. I mean, what ended up being the Bills' victory today. So I put it out there on Twitter. Uh, I'll read a few responses on that uh, for who, what you think your Gettysburg play of the game was. Bills Mafia 315 writes, Gettysburg play of the game. It was early, but I'm going to say Edmonds goal line tackle on fourth down in the first quarter. D was on their heels despite Moss fumble right after, in my opinion. That set the tone for the defense. Good call there. Good call only because that was my uh, sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Rob Galisi writes their second goal line stand culminating in the Trey White interception. That was his Gettysburg of the game. Bills Blitzkrieg writes, this is Trey White's interception for sure. Singletary deserves credit for two pivotal short yardage conversions as well. That was a good call by Bills Blitzkrieg. Laura writes, oh, it's a lady. Gettysburg play of the game. The Trey White fourth down interception was the nail in the coffin. Absolutely. The only reason can your Twitter can your Twitter name be anything? Um, it's I'm anything. Just, I was surprised a... when you said it's oh, it's uh, John four two six nine underscore exclamation point. Oh, it's Sammy blah 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 blah, and then it's Laura. <laughs> Is she, was she like person number five on Twitter, or can you make it anything? It's not at Laura. <laughs> if I if I did everyone's like at oh, okay Twitter name, it would just take a long time. Hers is like at losing race. Um, or losing grace or losing race. I, it's, I'm not sure. Well, she's her Twitter avatar is her running, so it must be at losing race. Or maybe it's like a double entendre. It's both. It's really deep. Wow. Or maybe she. Oh, wow. Maybe she's being self-deprecating. She's like, oh, I always lose the race. But like, maybe she's just being like, maybe just ironic. Be like, losing race. I actually win every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, she probably never thought it was going to be mentioned on a podcast and it's been mentioned several times. So yeah, no, no, I just read there. Like there's that one that's like, and I'll, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get to it. Actually. You're going to like it. So Bill's God nine and three (laughs) writes the Zach Bill's God writes in (laughs) the Bill's God writes in Zach Moss fumble lit a fire under Josh Allen and the offense that carried us through the rest of the game. Yeah. It's interesting. He actually used the Zach Moss fumble as the play of the game, even though it was a terrible, terrible play, it actually uh, motivated the defense and the rest of the team. And Josh Allen, he's saying that's pretty cool. That's like cutting off your arm to be like, oh, wow, I'm going to get so much stronger in my other arm. <laughs> I'm going to be like the best one armed athlete. It'd be like that Victor or whatever, Pistorius or whatever, uh, minus his terrible run ins with the law. But like when he was like, 
It's like it's, he did it to himself so he could become that amazing racer with like the the two prosthetic legs, right? Oh, that guy. That guy. The Oscar, Blade Runner. Oscar Pistorius. The Blade Runner. Yeah. Oscar Pistorius. Of course, I have to do a disclaimer. That's, that's he, his name? Yeah. Oscar Pistorius. You didn't know that? Blade Runner. Look it up. Uh, Joe Forrest writes, trade day interception, keeping them out of the end zone and sealing up the game. Mike, 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 what day is it? <laughs> writes, the Allen throw over coverage to Davis. Unreal throw. That was awesome. Remember, we never, that's the thing about, that's how you know Josh Allen is good. We always talk about all these things he does that we haven't seen in like 20 years from a Bills quarterback. Like we mentioned uh, earlier, you know, the free play. We mentioned that last week, throwing on a free play. We mentioned before just like a freaking pump fake. We're like, what is that? I haven't seen one of those from a Bills quarterback. And then just like throwing to a guy that's wide open. You would think on every single route running for the route, run for like the last 20 years before Josh Allen, there was never a guy open ever. Like there was never a guy wide open in the defense running wide open. It's just like, Oh, it never happened. Like how many routes are run a game? Like 200, right? <laughs> All receivers give it. It's like not one of them was wide open ever, but you know, Josh Allen finding guys wide open is such so nice. Danny, Danny bananas writes his best as a pro, the throw to Davis, that thing of, it was a thing of beauty. Nicole, Nicole, Nicosia writes, the Trey White interception was very important. Yes, it was. Steven Duderstadt writes, Knox flying into the end zone. That was pretty cool. I will give him credit for that. Knox makes like, he makes everything seem like the most athletic feat. When really sometimes I'm like, ah, you probably didn't need to do that. <laughs> like last week there was that catch in the end zone where like he, he had to go back for it. But like he did this like backwards somersault flipping <laughs> catch. Do I'm like, ah, I don't know if you need to do that. But hey, as long as you catch it, I don't really give a crap. Colt Snyder wrote in. He says that too many to choose from. But that Diggs fourth down was a statement. That's a good call there. Um, And there, on the fourth in the fourth quarter, um, it was it was on that last touchdown play to Gabriel Davis on that drive. Um. Stefan Diggs had a seven yard uh, pass reception on fourth and two to get that first down. So that was huge. And also, I mean, you might, you might even say that, you know, Josh Allen at the very beginning of that drive, Josh Allen took a huge hit by Deion Jordan and he almost, I mean, he did fumble it, but he almost lost the fumble. So that was key in, in getting, uh, in even starting that drive to get the, uh, to get to the fourth and two where Stefan Diggs converted and to get that 28 yard touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis to go up 34 to 17. So thank you guys for all writing in for your Gettysburg Play of the Games. I'm sure I'll have some more in their Wall of Shamers or Wall of, Wall of Famers or Wall of Shamers. Gettysburg Play of the Game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So let's go into our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. So Mike, who is on your Wall of Fame in today's victory? Wall All the Josh Allen stats you mentioned, Nate, I really want to put Josh Allen on there. Um, and I also want to put the coaching staff. I just think Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of love, maybe rightly so. But I think tonight the Bills were prepared. It's always tough going to the West Coast and just in all three facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams. I think it was their most complete game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call in there, Josh. I mean, I'm just going to give it to Josh Allen just because, I mean, he proved to a lot of people in primetime football how good of a quarterback he is. 
And um, this is good because we really haven't seen it a ton, minus the the Dallas Cowboys game, which was on Thursday, which was a primetime game um, because it was Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, he hasn't looked too good in the playoffs. Obviously, the only only the one playoff game uh, against Houston, he didn't look bad, but he didn't look this good. Uh, most people haven't seen it on National Spotlight. If you think about the other two primetime games the Bills have gotten, the uh, the Monday night game against the Chiefs and the Tuesday night game against the Titans, he didn't look great in either of those games at all. So now you saw how good he looks. Mind you, you know, the, the 49ers aren't as good as those te- those two teams right now, but just to prove that he can do it, because, I mean, unless you play fantasy, unless you are a purveyor of all NFL highlights and games and stuff like that, and you don't just listen to the talking heads that just give you a, the Cliff's Notes version of everything that happened, I mean, you don't see Josh Allen playing this good. And you saw a lot of famous people on Twitter with check marks next to their names saying, I didn't realize how fun Josh is to watch. And he is fun, and he's good, and he's proving it all this season. So it was good to see that on Spotlight. So. He wins my wall of fame. Now let's go to the wall of shame. 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 I mean, I'll go first, Mike. Uh, I don't know if you're going to have a different one. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to give it to Zach Moss. And only because it was such an untimely fumble. (laughs) And I think had it not been in the end zone, he might have gotten more touches after that. And I think McDermott just kind of was like, all right, you need to... Maybe need maybe it's too maybe the lights are too bright for you on this Monday night football primetime game. He is a rookie. Uh, it was a big stage for him. Obviously, I'm still you know I think we're all still high on Zach Moss as a running back. It just was a rough game for him uh, from that standpoint. Um, Mike, who's on your wall of shame in today's? I victory? can't I can't disagree. I think against a tougher team that would have absolutely broken the Bills' backs in that situation. Um, after such an impressive <laughs> goal line stand to give it right back. Um, also, I just got done talking up the head coaching staff, but what left me scratching my head a little bit was r- when the Bills got the ball with maybe 65 seconds left in the first half um, with three timeouts. I thought they could have afforded to be a little bit more aggressive in that situation. And like they just, Allen looked great. The running game was clicking and they just, they ran out of time. It looked like they were trying to run out the clock. Um, yeah. And then when they actually did pass, <laughs> pass a little bit, they didn't they get down to maybe the fifth, the 20 or the 15 or the 10, and then you're out of, ran out of time. And I just thought they got, after a couple, maybe not at that point, but throughout the game to be as aggressive on fourth down as they were, um, McDermott's gotten a lot better over the years about not wasting his timeouts. Like that's that's a spot where hey, you've got him. Offense is clicking. Let's at least go for a field goal. I, I didn't love how that all transpired. I that's I agree a hundred percent. If there's one thing that I think McDermott and the coaching staff need to work on, I mean, you mentioned their timeout usage has gotten so much better. I mean, it was embarrassing the first season with Sean McDermott. There would be no timeouts left. <laughs> You know, through the second, in the beginning of the second quarter, you're like, hey, you might want some of those timeouts. Or the fourth quarter, they'd be burning them, you know, for no good reason. And you'd be like, wait a minute. Now he has, he has an excess of timeouts, usually so much so that he can call a timeout when the other team's going to do an important play just so that they have to check out of their favorite play on like fourth and goal and have to go to their next favorite play, you mm-hmm. know? So give him a ton of credit there. The next thing I think he needs to work on is that. 
besides maybe discipline and penalties, <laughs> the next thing he needs to work on is aggressiveness. If you get the ball back, I mean, you and I play, you know, Madden, right? <laughs> I, I hate comparing things to Madden, but like if you're playing Madden and you have like 40 seconds left and a timeout or at least at least one timeout, maybe two timeouts, like you have a chance to at least kick a field goal with three timeouts. And like you said, 65 seconds left. I mean, there's no reason why you don't have enough time to score a touchdown, in my opinion. So, uh, that's that's a really good uh, wall of shame for that one. I'm going to give a and also a honorable mention to Levi Wallace. He got he got burned uh, several times in the secondary tonight, and uh, he had a rough game. Um, I think any unless you have a really good cornerback too, I think they're always going to be picked on because you see what happens when they start to throw, you know, against Trey White and he intercepted the pass against Nick Mullins, uh, I think that's what's going to happen. But uh, I'm wondering if the Bills should start thinking about looking at Dane Jackson as that cornerback. I know he's a rookie. I know he's a seventh rounder. I wouldn't be surprised if they just want to let Levi Wallace play out the rest of his contract and get them through the end of the season and then you know get Dane Jackson some experience this season and then really lean on him next season. But, uh, I mean, Levi Wallace did not have a good game. Hey, I, I forgot to mention, I was going to give an honorable mention for the Wall of Fame to that uh, that Home Alone clip that they showed uh, from Monday Night Football, which showed like uh, the last time that the Bills had won either a playoff win or a division title, which was 1995. They showed like Cam Newton and, and uh, who is it, Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick looking in the windows of like the Home Alone house is like kind of like as the uh, as the burglars. Or whatever, and then they showed Josh Allen at the top of the staircase with with the two paint cans, like throwing them off this, you know, down the stairwell. And the one was, the one was a 1995 last playoff win, and the other one was a 1995 last division title. Um, it was. I thought that was a cool idea. It would have been nicer if the graphics were slightly better, as opposed to like looking like it was like from the Sims game in like 2002, <laughs> or like 2002. The- <laughs> that's like 1996. <laughs> <laughs> The first Windows platform, <laughs> Windows 3.1. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It could have been slightly better. So it was just funny. It was a cool idea. It just needed slightly better graphics. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Like, computer power doubles every 18 months, right? Like, and that's what they come up with from 1996. It's just part of, part, like, I think they're just, it's preying on the nostalgia, like anything nostalgic. It's like, hey, I remember that from 20 years ago. Hey. Yeah. But like you don't have to actually make it good. <laughs> They're like, yeah, home. well, it made the wall. It made an honorable mention on the Wall of Fame. That's all they had to do was just make it like somewhat. Do you realize that like we're at the age in our 30s that like everyone's trying to market to us? Like everything, like every movie is trying to be trying to market to us. Like we're finally at that age because as kids, like – Besides Disney movies, no one cares what you think. No one's trying to get you to buy anything because, for the most part, you don't have any money. <laughs> now we're like at that age where people like so like all oh, the Save by the Bell reboot is happening. Like all these reboots like that that happened or things that were popular when we were kids. Now that we have actually money to spend on things as adults, <laughs> they're like, hey, let's bring them back for this second round of Ninja Turtles or. X-Men or Marvel or whatever it is like they just it's it's kind of nice actually I'm not upset at it <laughs> do you think though it they just realized it like there was never a reboot of like the Andy Griffith show or the reboot of leave it to beaver right like yeah, yeah why is that 
Brady, no. the Brady Bunch. There wasn't like an '80s version of the Brady's Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Um, well, the Brady wasn't the Brady Bunch like '80s. <laughs> no, Late it was 70s? like '60s or '70s. Maybe '70s. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't it's know. still ongoing. Let's reboot <laughs> it. <laughs> it was off the air two years ago. Let's start it up again. <laughs> it clearly jumped the shark. Let's bring in a new cast. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, let's let's read some uh, Twitter responses to the Wall of Famers. You guys are the best, by the way, for staying up this late and uh, mentioning uh, on Twitter. Uh, appreciate you guys doing this for sure. Wall of Fame, Mike Graham writes, Wall of Fame, Allen, Beasley, and Trey White. This is the Josh Allen that I hope shows up in the playoffs. Wall of Shame, Moss, you know why. And I don't know if it's just me, but Wallace seemed to give up a lot of big plays. Um, it's not just you, Mike. I think he did that a lot. He always seemed to be 10 yards off the ball. Overall, I am pumped. Nine and three, baby. Dave Thorpe writes in, Wall of Fame. Beasley was a killer. MVP, Josh. That Mongo Beasley celebration was legendary. So Dave's a really big fan of that, uh, that, uh, baby, that baby in a cradle. How do you, not for nothing, like, I'm not one of those guys that's just like, you know, you have to be, I'm sure as everyone listens to the podcast, I'm not like, oh, you have to be an alpha male all the time. Wouldn't that be weird, like, talking to your wife, like, later that night? Like, did you watch the game? Yeah, you had an amazing game. That grown man held you in his arms like a child. <laughs> like, that's just a weird um, conversation. It's just funny. I lo- I mean, I liked it. It's just funny looking back at it. Um, Wall of Shame, he writes, Wallace as our weak link. Surely he can't be our best option, but that's nitpicking and otherwise dominant team performance gettysburg the moss fumble after that we trusted in josh for the w nice he, he called the uh the zach moss fumble the gettysburg of the game too miss t writes in she says wall of fame josh allen also beasley and trade day wall of shame levi wallace moss was disappointing but he's still a rookie and will learn all in all a great game by all sides of the team and they played much better in the third quarter than usual have to give props to Dable too. That's a good point. She she brings up a good point about the third quarter uh, Bills game. I mean, we mentioned the uh, the coaching staff in general needing to get better before the end of the the second half when they have time and timeouts to score the ball. Um, they're getting better at the the third quarter game. Uh, that's something that they struggled with for the first half of the season. Uh, the Bills coaching staff getting better. Growth mindset. Philip Whitaker writes the wall of fame offense and skill positions. The line could be a little bit better. Uh, wall of shame Wallace and the hurry up defense. I think the Niners really exposed how bad our no huddle D is tonight. And if other teams see that it might not be great. Yeah. There's better teams that, that see that uh, potentially in the future, like next week's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers that lost tonight, by the way, but we'll get into that later into that later. Bill's Blitzkrieg writes, Wall of Fame, easy pick is Josh and third and Cole Beasley. Now, he wrote that one, not me. So I will say that. Thank you, Bill's Blitzkrieg, for writing that. By the way, we just put up our third and Cole shirt on our Public store. So if you go to tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod, you'll see the third and Cole Beasley shirt. Let us know what you think. Let us know if uh, if you like it or not. If you're like John and Mike that... uh that are not a big fan. Or if you want to see a Coldilocks shirt, we'll just use the same exact picture and then we'll just put Coldilocks on it instead of third and uh we should do that as like a thing. We literally put the two designs side by side, third and coal and Coldilocks, and see which one sells more, and then we'll just go with that one. 
Just put a Twitter poll up right now and save people the <laughs> aggravation and money. Well, I, I don't think it's a matter of saving them the money. I think it's a great gift for your loved one or family and friend or yourself, you know. By the way, don't you think one of the best things about Christmas besides buying families, things for your family and friends is like you don't feel as guilty about buying something for yourself? <laughs> like there's there's guilt throughout the year if you're like, oh, should I really be buying that? Maybe I should be saving my money. But like in Christmas, you're like, you know, I – I'm buying all these things for other people. I, I deserve to treat myself. <laughs> treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't find as much guilt doing it uh, at Christmas time. One for the you know boyfriend, girlfriend, or spouse. One for you know the kids. One for the cousins, the nephews, nieces, the parents. Hey, maybe a little something for Nate. <laughs> I deserve it. I work hard. <laughs> you should get a taste. <laughs> just want to wet your beak. Remember you told us at that at that one job that you had like the secretary would always go gambling um every weekend like at the at the casino or play the slot machines or whatever and uh did she also complain about not having any money either <laughs> like I can't remember if you said that was a thing but she definitely like justified the casino the slot machine trips because she's like you know I deserve it I work hard I can I should treat myself that's what I'm telling everyone right now. You work hard. You should treat yourself. Of course, you can justify anything too. We also we also realize that you can literally justify anything. Be like, I work hard. I should buy myself a brand new car every year. So anyway, how he writes, Bill's Blitzkrieg, Blitz, tongue tied this late at night. Bill's Blitzkrieg writes, besides Third and Cole Beasley, he says Trey White, A.J. Epinesa. Ed Oliver, Singletary, and Butker deserve a shout-out also. This was a complete game, to your point, Mike. Wall of Shame, Levi Wallace, and Moss, they kept the 49ers alive. Yeah, this could have been a, this could have been a much bigger blowout if not for uh, for that fumble in Levi Wallace tonight. Bills Mafia 315 writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, period. Hashtag, that's my quarterback. Wall of Shame. If, this, if I had more time editing in this, I had to put in that T.O. soundbite. So instead, I'm just going to do it myself as nate that's my quarterback all right wall of shame other than refs for pass interference against levi wallace which was such that was such a such a bs call on levi wallace that pass interference call that led to a long drive luckily ended up getting stopped at, uh, you know at the, at the goal line by the bills defense but for anyone that complains about like, oh, you shouldn't blame the refs, the refs aren't to blame, like that one play that was supposed to be a fourth down and a punt by the 49ers ended up almost being a touchdown. And so like that's that's all it takes is one of those plays. And we saw that, you know, in other plays that went the Bills way, you know, it just takes one play and all of a sudden you're, it's the difference between a punt and a touchdown. It's literally a seven point swing. He also writes wall of shame other than the refs for the Oh, yeah, I already wrote that. <laughs> I already read that. On 49ers opening drive, he said no one on his wall of shame. Bill's loser QB writes, Q, Bill's loser QB club writes, wall of fame, Josh Allen, his leadership and poise after a fourth and goal stop. Wall of shame, this is really tough as tonight's game was played well by the entire team and coaching staff. So my wall of shame is the Monday night football announcing staff. They were horrible. Gettysburg is a tray pick at the Buffalo two-yard line. Statement game. Oh, getting some new listeners in. Yogesh Chawla writes. Yogesh says, Wall of Fame, Dable, Dable's Cajones. Really gutsy fourth down calls. Absolutely. Trey White reminding us of his 
of our big play defense. Josh Allen, what a feeling to have to finally have a top five franchise quarterback. Wall of shame, Zach Moss, he'll he'll learn from the fumble and that garbage pass interference play or pass interference early. And and he also writes me for panicking all game. Man, it is tough to watch a Bills game and, and feel completely confident the entire game. Uh especially when you know the Bill the especially when you've been a Bills fan for more than just a couple of years. AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, the entire team for from players to coordinators for conditioning to conditioning coaches. What a win. Wall of shame, no one. So shout out to ESPN for that epic Josh Allen home home alone parody. This is why CBS and Fox aren't even on their level. <laughs> nice. Mark writes in Wall of Fame, Brian Dable, what a great game plan. Wall of Shame, Santa Clara County for making the 40, 49ers play in a community with a much higher COVID-19 prevalence. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, they didn't. The Santa, In all fairness, Santa Clara County didn't make them play in Arizona. They just chose to go to Arizona instead of playing in San Diego or L.A. or wherever because they were afraid of playing in California in general after what happened in their county. Big R writes in Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, the quarterback we've been dreaming about since Jim Kelly hung him up. Also, motor... Singletary, he means timely D. Shout out to Mike Milano. <laughs> I did notice the commentator saying Mike Milano. That was pretty funny. And third and Cole. Wall of shame, Zach Moss for playing badminton with the football deep in enemy territory. <laughs> playing badminton. I ever tell you, uh, in seventh grade, we had uh, a teacher that was like, if you can beat me in badminton, she was our gym teacher. She said, if you can beat me in badminton in one game, you can get an A in this class. Mind you, gym class, for the most part, was such an easy class to get an A in in general. But we all wanted to challenge her. And me, like, I played tennis a lot growing up. So I'm like, I can take her. Not realizing as a seventh grader how how important a size advantage is. And she was like six foot one. <laughs> and she was playing on a net that was like, you know, up to her head. So she would just dunk on us. <laughs> like... Every so you'd throw one up there, she'd get you to like, you know, re- lob one up there just like so you didn't lose a point and she would just slam it down. I never, I don't think I saw anyone ever beat her. <laughs> she was like in her 50s and just destroyed us. So thank you for bringing that up, Big R, about badminton and bringing up that uh, memory I had. Gettysburg, he writes, <laughs> Gabe, screw your picket charge, Davis, touchdown. Screw your pickets charge touchdown or Davis touchdown. <laughs> a lot of history buffs out there. Pickets charge, which we mentioned on a previous podcast. Buffalo ceilings writes in wall of fame. Gotta be Josh. Also Davis had the nice touchdown key block on the Knox touchdown and the pick that sprung McKenzie for that touchdown. Wow. Look at the film, the film play by Buffalo ceilings. Nice film review. Ugh, this is late. I can't even talk. Wall of shame, me for some really ugly thoughts towards Moss after that fumble. I think we all had those ugly thoughts. But I think a lot of us, like a lot of people mentioning in the Twitter thing, or on these uh, in these replies and these mentions, you know, he's a rookie. He'll learn from it. It was the spotlight. Um, I think the Bills coaching staff also deserves some of that for putting that on him at that, you know, that play in the game. Maybe they should have gone with Devin Singletary that close to the goal line in their own end zone obnoxious ram rights and how many of you pounded the panic button out of existence early on i can honestly say i did not touch the panic button 
a win on Sunday night, and I can nearly die and go to heaven. <laughs> there were no wall of fames or wall of shames in that, but I think it was just uh, it was well put. Josh Allen, Stan writes, wall of fame, Josh Allen, the wide receiving core, and the defensive secondary. I'm sure he means minus Levi Wallace. Honor, honorable mention to Brian Dable calling a phenomenal game. Wall of shame, ball security. It looks like several times the ball popped out. Also officiating... What the bleep, zebras? The only reason I'm I'm bleeping out everyone's swear words is because we haven't sworn yet, so I don't have to put the explicit tag on the podcast, if you're wondering. Um, ball security, great great call by Josh Allen Stan, because the Bills did, in fact, fumble it three times, and they lost two of them. So that seems to be an issue for the Bills. Luckily, um, against a better team, uh, they weren't playing a better team. If this was against a better team, they might have lost today's game. Joe Magley writes, Wall of Fame split with Beasley and Allen. Wall of Shame is a tough one, but we'll go with Wallace. Please sign Jackson to the 53. Don't know how he is in practice, but in games, all he does is play. Absolutely. Um, I'll be surprised if they don't look at that. One thing, you can, Another thing you can say about the Bills uh, coaching staff and uh, front office is they seem to always be you know, assessing guys and possibly bringing them up to the 53-man roster or signing them or uh, demoting guys or whatever the case is. Rob Gillisey writes, Wall of Fame are wide receivers. Wall of Shame, no one on the Bills, so let's go with the refs again. Some real head scratchers. Best and most complete win of the season. And I'll get to a few more. Wow, you guys you guys are crushing it today. Um, I don't think I'm going to get to all of these, so I'm going to pick out a few more. Chris Allegret writes, Wall of Fame, where do we start? Great game by all three phases, but let's highlight the aggressive play calling. Wall of Shame, Moss Fumble. Devin Brown writes in Wall of Fame, third and Cole had a career-high receiving game by halftime. Wall of Shame to Levi Wallace. Time to give Dane, Jacks, Dane Jackson some more reps. Levi is getting toasted week after week. Um, love love that you guys are, are digging the third and Cole. Now, mind you, it's probably literally the only people that are writing in. So that's like 20 people that don't mind it and the other, you know, 20 or 30 other people that listen to the podcast are like, this is the, please stop saying third and Cole, please. Just like Mike is, please say more Coldy locks. Rory Doolin writes in third and Cole and Josh Allen for wall of, for the wall of wall all day. <laughs> I just butchered that. Sorry, Rory wall of shame. I don't know. It's tough when we have such a solid win. This team feels like a super bowl bills again. And I love it. Mike, speaking of super bowl, I mean, if you see the way that this team played tonight, and if they can clean up the fumbles, I mean, don't you think that the Bills have a chance, at least a chance, to potentially go deep into the playoffs? I mean, because if you were to ask me honestly last season, I don't think the Bills had the team, had the overall team, offense and defense, to make a deep run into the playoffs. Now, mind you, you can always have random luck any given you know, Sunday, any given game. Look at the Tennessee Titans making, making it to the AFC Championship last season. Like there's always that potential. I didn't feel confident about the Bills last season. If you see how the Bills played tonight, could you see them making a deep playoff run? Yeah, absolutely. I think we say it all the time, but any given Sunday, right? Just look at the other game that was went on today with the undefeated Steelers going down against the Washington football team. We wouldn't have given them a much of a chance prior to the game being played. And then with the Bills specifically, I think this year they had the I guess misfortune, um, we would have said initially, 
but maybe make some battle tested now. But they had to play the NFC West, maybe the best division in football, and they went three and one and were that Hail Mary pass away from being four and oh. So I think they can play with anybody. The Chiefs still give me pause and would scare me. Um, but besides them, I mean, the, the the Steelers are beatable. You know, I mean, no, no question. And I think, honestly, man, I still have the specter of Bill Belichick until that's exercised. Yes. Um, I think they put. I think they won forty-five zero. Yes. Like against a team that uh, we just beat by ten points only. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. It's been 20 years of looking up to the Patriots, so I wouldn't want to play the Patriots, honestly. I'm not counting out. In the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not counting out that game whatsoever. I mean, the Bills still play them again this season. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying at all that I feel very confident going into this game. I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm definitely not confident that they will absolutely beat Bill Belichick. I think if, if the Bills had another shot at, at Tennessee, I still love their chances. Yeah. And then who else scares you? Who else? Not Baltimore doesn't scare me as much as they did. Did the Browns really scare you? I think they're good. I don't they don't scare me though. I think it's literally just the Kansas City Chiefs at this point in the AFC. And then, you know, and then the Steelers and yeah. I mean, you have right now you have the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Bills in third, the Browns in fourth, the Colts in fifth, the Dolphins in sixth, and the Titans in seventh. Um I think the Bills can beat any of those teams below them probably more often than not. Maybe. Um, I haven't really watched the Colts this season. But the, the Chiefs and the Steelers are, yeah, the biggest tests, and more so the Chiefs and the Steelers, yeah. Um, I'm only going to read a few more of these. Uh, Josh Allen Stan account writes, uh, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, and the white face mask. The white face mask getting a shout-out. They did look nice tonight, not going to lie. Uh, they made a big stink about it on the Bills uh, media account. They showed the the film of them actually putting on the white face mask because they know people are asking about them all the time. Just freaking do it. You see it. You see that everyone wants it. Just do it, Bills. Bills equipment team. Bill McCord writes: Last time they won Monday Night Football, I was almost four months old. <laughs> uh, that is hilarious. The last time the Bills won was in 1999. The actual like legitimate ninety Monday Night Football win was in nineteen ninety nine because the Bills did win in Monday Night Football in twenty fourteen when they had to play in Detroit because the Bills had seven feet of snow in Orchard Park. So they moved to Detroit to play against the Jets and they won thirty eight to three that game. But that wasn't a true Monday night game. That was a rescheduled Monday night game. All right, one more. Let's get a new new listener in. D. Hart writes, Wall of Fame, the entire offense except Zach Moss. In my opinion, best game by offensive line all year until Feliciano left the game. Um, Edmonds played a solid game. Milano gutted out an impactful performance when he played. Trey Day, Nuff said. Wall of Shame, Moss, Wallace, and Vegas betters that bet on the 49ers. Absolutely. Good call. Thank you guys all for writing in for our Wall of Fame and Wall of Shame segment. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, we are going to do a quick giveaway. Actually, Mike, let's do our Vegas odds for next week's game against the Steelers. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Mike, do they even have that? I mean, we're talking like 1, 1 a.m. on Monday morning. Do, the, do they have the odds up for the, uh, for the Bills-Steelers game yet? You want to take a guess what it is, Nate? Let me see. The Bills are playing in Pittsburgh, correct? 
No, they're playing in Buffalo. I'm sorry. So the 11 and one Pittsburgh Steelers are playing in Buffalo, the nine and three Buffalo Bills. I'm going to say the Steelers are going to be favored because they're 11 and one. Then again, the Bills just won on prime time. So that's kind of a big deal. I bet you the Steelers coming off a loss, they won't be favored by as much. So I'm going to say three points for that one. It looks like one and a half at most places, but I do see Steelers by as much as two and a half, and some have it as a pick game. Majority right now, majority of the sports books have the Steelers favored by one and a half. I mean, what do you think of that line? Does that make you think that the... Uh... Giving- I like today's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Right? We, we be- always talk about the opposing uh, quarterback. Um, and there's not too many with more experience than Roethlisberger. Yeah, man. And Jeez. Tomlin. Um, yeah. the, but it, it's, the Steelers had been trending down. And then with the loss today, maybe that lights a fire. But maybe they're pretenders, paper tigers the whole time. Dude, if they certainly don't scare me. Right. And then they've they've had all the COVID. Like it'll be interesting to see if if their star running back Connor is back. Mm-hmm. The Bills have a four and O division record. That's one of the reasons why they're the third seed. When the Bills and the Browns are both nine and three, if the Bills can get the win against the Steelers, go ten and three. The Steelers go eleven and two. They just need one more win. This they just need the Steelers to lose. They just need to have the same record as the Steelers, and then they get the second seed because. The Bills will have the head-to-head tiebreaker over them, so that's Steelers how play the Bills, and then they're at Cincinnati, which without Burrow, right? That's pushover. Yep, that's more likely than not. And then they are at Indy. Okay. So hopefully, Indy's got something to play for, and they're playing hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, but the Bills, after today, they have a 97% chance of making the playoffs, 91% chance of winning the division. That makes me feel a lot better. I did not realize it was that high, um, especially with the Dolphins, just a game back. I mean, and, and they do have one more head-to-head last game of the season, it's last regular be- season game of the season. That, that Week 17 game is going to be big. I mean, the Bills are going to be playing for it. I mean— no matter what, I mean, even though they've locked in the playoff game, they're going to be wanting to get the highest seed they possibly can. And there's a potential that they could be, I mean, I don't know if they'll be playing for the first seed unless the Chiefs start losing. Um, they'll be playing. I bet you that week 17 well, is going to matter. I don't think they'll be sitting. Next week, at least, the Chiefs are playing the Dolphins, so somebody has to lose, which we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, they're at New Orleans. We'll be curious to see if Breeze will be back. God, I hope so. I I heard promising reports today. And then their last game is Atlanta. You don't believe in Taysom Hill? <laughs> oh, I just... Uh, you would rather have Drew Brees. I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's the first time I've ever heard that name spoken. <laughs> well, cool. The uh, wide receiver, you mean? <laughs> the $16 million a year backup quarterback? Yes. Um, cool. Well, I think that's going to end it for us. So the... The Vegas Odds brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Um, thank you guys all for listening. Appreciate you guys sticking in with us on uh, on this late, late, can barely read words tonight sort of podcast, but it was fun. Thank you guys all for participating, as always. Again, uh, mentioned that uh, Third and Cole shirt, if you want to check it out, all of our T-shirts right now at the Public site 
are uh, 30% off. So $14 t-shirts, $35 hoodies. Um, that site is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. And yeah, two more winners tonight. Our last two, uh, uh, Harrison Phillips signed jersey. Harrison Phillips signed mini helmet. Uh, we just had a couple of winners over this last weekend. And then we have a, a DraftKings uh, polo uh, t-shirt or uh or had to give away too. So the first one to get back to me, either message me over Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, or uh, emails us ctwpod at gmail.com. The three winners are jstaff542. That's jstaff542. The other one is andrew underscore gk11. That's andrew underscore gk11. And Eric Helwig. Eric Helwig. So if you're one of those three people, like I said, uh, message us somewhere over social media. Let us know that you won or email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. And if you're wondering how you can get into one of our weekly giveaways, just leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts and mention ctwpod or circling the wagons somewhere in the description. And you're automatically entered every week until we stop doing them someday in the far distant future. So thank you guys all for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys taking the time out. Make sure to pay attention and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network for more insight into this game and a preview for next week's game. So for Mike. Huge win on prime time. Let's do it again next week. Yep. And for me, Nate, go Bills. Uh, another huge win, like Mike said. And let's hope that we're 10-3 and three by the next time we talk to you guys. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.